Okay, so we're holding it. We're holding Mamash at the beginning of the story. We haven't we haven't gotten very far into the story, but uh, we're continuing with the story of the Chachem and the Tam, which, as we said, it's not it's not a story that ever happened, but it's a story that's happening. It's not a story that happened a long time ago. It's not a story that ever took place, but it's a story that takes place every day of our lives, and uh, it's a story that we're all working our way through, being the Chacham, through being the Tam, trying to unify, trying to merge together the world, both of the Chacham and the Tam, because as we said at the beginning, that the Shnei, these two children. They, they love each other. They love each other tremendously at the beginning of the story and they really get together at the end of the story even though it doesn't come to its final ticken. But really, there needs to be a chacham, there needs to be a tam, there needs to be a person who is a chacham. Rav Nachman himself says, it's important, I think, Rav Nachman said that he hates somebody who's a tipish. Very strong Russian. He says he hates tipshas, which means the tam is not somebody who's a tipish, the tam is not somebody who's a fool, like we saw, he's not a shaita, he's not a tipish, but he's somebody who's able to live life in a much simpler way, much more simplistic, without the, without the confusing thoughts, without the Tremendous amount of static that the Chacham lives with and the daigus and the anxiety that the Chacham lives with that he's constantly questioning everything he does. He's constantly trying to figure out maybe I can get something better, maybe I can live a better life somewhere else, maybe I can get more covet, more ashira somewhere else. And that's the life of the Chacham where he's smart, but his smartness eventually ends up destroying him. And that's the Chachma of Amalek, which is from explained that Amalek represents also Chachma. Reish is Gaim Amalek. Reish is the Indian of Chachma. But what Amalek does is Amalek allows the Chachma to be that the Chachma eventually destroys Amalek as opposed to being something which is good. Kala Yisrael is Chachma and Kala Yisrael is the good kind of Chachma. Amalek takes Chachma and it eventually they eventually get totally destroyed. And again, this is the, the world of the Chacham and the Tam. Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov is the Ishtam, Yoshev Ahalim. He's not a tipish Pachlal. He's a Chacham. He's somebody who's learning constantly, but he's also Ishtam, Yoshev Ahalim, that he's able to go wherever the Rabbanishim wants him to be. The Yaakov Avinu says, Rabbanishim, if you want me to leave Yaakov Yitzchak's house and go to Lavan, I'll go to Lavan to run away from Esav. Whatever, whatever you want me to be. Reich Shal Yosef. Deal with the challenges of Yosef. He's a person who's capable of saying, Rabbanisham, wherever you want me to be, I'm willing to go without the, without the world of the Chacham who says, I need to be Dafk over here, I need to get this covered, I need to live this kind of life. Yaakov Avinu is a Chacham, but he's also an Ishtam Yoshev Ahalam. And that's why I think we mentioned before that that's why Yaakov Avinu, the place that Yaakov Avinu lives, it doesn't live in a bias. Even though Yaakov Avinu is real, the Bechin of a bias. Like Nachman says, based on Chazal, that Yaakov Avinu called a Hara bias, he called it not a Hara, not a Sada, but he called it a bias. But when the Pasuk talks about, describes Yaakov Avinu, he's Ishtam Yoshev Ahalam. He sits in an oil, oil means a tent. The Yaakovinu says, Hashem, I'm ready to go wherever you want me to be. That's the Tom. The Tom, on the one hand, is very happy to stay home. At the same time, the Tom says, Hashem, if you want me to go somewhere else, and we'll see. Once he gets a call from the king, the Tom right away picks himself up and he runs right away without any daggers, without questions. The Chacham, when he gets the call from the king, he says, I don't know, maybe there is no king. And he doesn't believe the whole story. The Chacham, the Tom right away gets a call from the king. He never met the king. He doesn't know 100% that right away with Tumimus and Pshitas, he gets up and he goes right away running to the king. And this is, again, the difference between the world of the Chacham, who lives a constant anxiety, constant regret, constant, constant fear that things are not going to turn out the way. And if only people, if I do this, people are not going to respect me. In the world of the Tom, who's living a life where he's taking care of his wife and his kids, he's able to be the life of the ultimate, ultimate Simcha. Again, this is not a story, but it's our story. It's not a story that happened, but it's a story that's happening. And this is the story that every Yid is involved in, and every person in this world, Befrat and Tafshim Dalat, is involved in this, this battle between the Chacham and the Tam and inside and trying to merge together the two worlds together. So let's just, I just want to read again from the beginning of the story just because your mom is holding at the beginning and I want to discuss what we began discussing last week, which is what happens when the Chacham and the Tam actually split. So Maisel, let's begin from the first word in the story. Maisel, Shnei Balabatim Hayi Be'irachas, there are two Balabatim 
that lived in one city. They're very wealthy. And they had large houses, which as we mentioned, I think last week or two weeks ago, that the houses represent emuna. House represents something that a person feels comfortable in. A person feels like he always has a place to go back home. That's the place of emuna. that if emuna is that's the Indian of Amunat Tzadik Manasa Yichya. And the house, the Batim Gedolim, are those large houses which they always have, that they're always capable of going back to. Vahaylam Shnei Banim, they had two children. Lachal Echad Ben Echad. Each one of them had a child. Velamdu Shnei Becheder Echad. These two children grew up in the same Cheder. They grew up with the same, with the same typical, you know, the parents are very, very similar to each other. The parents both had large houses, they were very wealthy. And nevertheless, we're going to see, Vilu Shnei Banim, Hayu Echad Behem, Bar Havana. These two children, one of them was a Bar Havana, somebody who was very quick to understand things, somebody who had a lot of wit, somebody who had wisdom, somebody who was able to understand things. And he points out, like we said, very, very simple. Just simple. He lived life in a simple way. There was no, there was no confusion. There was no babulim. He lived life in a simple way. Now I'm doing this, now I'm doing this, in a very, in a very simple, easygoing way where he knew what he needed to do, and there was no confusion. These two children, the Chacham and the Tam, they loved each other tremendously. Even though one was a Chacham, because as we said, that's the secret of Yaakov and Esau being born as twins, that really they need to come together, really we need both Chachma and Tremesemshitas. Then what happened was, these two fathers who were wealthy, or very wealthy, these two wealthy fathers, they started to lose their money. As happens, the Galgal HaChaiser, the wheel turns around, and suddenly they go from being Ashirim, they go to be, they go to be regular people, but not just regular people, until they lose everything. The only thing that remains is their homes, which as we said is the secret, that regardless of where Yid finds himself, he always holds on to his Amuna. That Yid could be involved in the worst, worst things. He could have the greatest Yerida, but Yid always needs, needs to hold on to his house. Because otherwise, again, in the story, it doesn't make sense. If you lose your money, if you become an Evian, the first thing that you get rid of is your home. That's the first thing that you sell off. But these Ashirim, these Balabatim, they understand that you have to be a Bal Hamayas. That's why Rav doesn't just call them Roshnei Amnashim. There were two people, there were Roshnei Balabatim. Balabatim means that they're a Bal on the bias. They're Baal. They have real bailas. They have real ownership on the house that they, they've, they've bought and the house that they've acquired through their hard work. And therefore, even when they have a Yerida, even when they lose everything, they never let go of their homes. And they Yerush, they give over these homes to their children and their children will see, the Chacham and the Tam, will see what they do with these homes. But that's the one thing that remains that regardless of what a person goes to, he always has to have, have the Amuna to be able to hold on to. And that's why they hold on to these homes, these very large homes, because they worked in it. They worked on the Amuna and they gave over the Amuna from generation to generation. It's part of what Amunah Pshuta is, that a person receives the Amuna from his father, from his grandfather, from his great-grandfather, all the way back to Moshe Rabbein, all the way back to Avram Avinu. So these fathers gave over to their children these two homes, but that's the only thing that remained. All the money was gone. And these kids started growing up, and now it's time. The parents can't afford to, you know, to just continue to send them to have longer education. The parents can't afford to take care of them anymore. We don't have the ability to be able to take care of you anymore. Go out and do what you should be doing. Which the Swarm explained, this is the secret of what takes place in every person's life. That really, it could have, things could have continued the way they were going before. That the, both, of the, both of the Balabatim could have remained wealthy and the children would have been brought up in wealthy homes. But there's a secret called Bechira. And it's the greatest secret that Hashem ever created. That even though there's Yediya, even though the Rabbanishim knows everything that's going to happen, nevertheless, we have Bechira. We have free choice. And we need to be Maimon 100% in the sight of Bechira. That every Yid has free choice. And therefore, these two fathers say, Everything that we have, everything that we can give over to you, 
we're pulling back and now we're leaving the job up to you. Now you have the capability to decide what you want to do. And that's why these two children grow up in the same homes, but ultimately they're both given over. Both their fathers, asu lachem, mashatasu. The same way the Rabbanishim gives every year when he comes into this world, Bechira, the two fathers hand over the keys to the home and the keys to the life to the children and say, asu lachem, mashatasu. Go ahead and do what you want. The choice is up to you. And it's again, this is, this is part of the wonder of what takes place in this story is that you'll, as soon as they're given the choice of Bechira, their paths diverge in a very, very different way. That the Chacham ends up on one side of the world, both literally and figuratively, and the Tom ends up on the other side of the world. This is, this is what happens. A person has Bechira, you can grow up in the same city as somebody else, you can have the same set of circumstances, they're both brought up in wealthy homes, they went to the same cheder, everything's the same, but when the keys of choice are given over to you, now it's up to you to do what you want to do. And every, every child, as they get to a certain age, is given this automatically, even if the fathers don't lose the money. The natural tendency of every kid is that every kid craves independence. Every kid wants to be independent. And as they get to a teenager and they become an adult, they want independence. Now, the keys are automatically given over to you. The keys of choice of asu l'chem ashatasu, do what you want to do, are given over to you. And now every person has to make a decision, what do I want to do? And a person can blame. It's very easy to say, listen, you know, we came from a certain set of circumstances and that's why I am the way I am because it's all based on nurture. It's based on where I came from. But you see very clearly in the story, they both came from the same place. They both were brought up in the same kind of home. They both had the same amount of money. They both went to the same yeshiva. They had the same rebbeim that they probably did like and the same rebbeim that they didn't like. The same rebbeim that were the good rebbeim and the rebbeim that were horrible rebbeim. And they ended up in very, very different places. And this is the secret of what the fathers tell them. Asu lechem Do what you want to do. Which means, don't blame anything on us. Don't rely just on us to be able to do the work for you. At the end of the day, we can give over the home. The home is the amuna. The home is what's necessary for every father to be able to give over that. The the, 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 the secrets of amuna to the children. But at the end of the day, what the child does with that, that's totally up to the child. Asu lechem The father, the mother, the, the nature, the, the nurture, the school, nothing's to blame because they went to the same cheder. What, is, what, what a person is held responsible for is the choices that they end up making. And that's, that's what's going to happen. The time goes to one place, the chacham goes to another place, and they end up in very, very different worlds. That's, that's why, again, they lose the money. They didn't do anything wrong. It doesn't seem like the Shnei Balavatim did anything wrong. They, there's no reason why they should have lost their money, but they, lost, they lose their money in order to give their children 100% free choice. Now it's up to the children to do what they want to do. Often when a person's brought up in a certain home, a person's brought up in a certain set of circumstances, the choice is limited because if you're brought up in a home which is very wealthy, you're brought up in a home which is steeped in Tyra, so the choices are somewhat limited that the nurture is pushing you very, very strongly to, to live your life a certain way. Here, the, here in the story of the Chacham and the Tam, that all got pulled back. Both the fathers said, listen, we don't have the ability to take care of you anymore. It's totally up to you. It's 100% the Bechir is given to you. Do what you want to do. And now the choice is up to you. And now the Chacham and the Tam are about to begin their journey. The Tam is going to head one way, really stay in the place that he is. And the Chacham is going to head in a totally different place. So let's see, this is what we're up to last week. The Tam went and he learned the Malacha of being a shoemaker. That's what he went to do. The Chacham is not going to be interested in that. He's going to leave the town. But the Tam went ahead and the Tam learned the secret, learned the trade of being a shoemaker. Why a shoemaker? So on a very simple level, shoemaker is a simple job. Right? But there's a lot of simple jobs you can, you can pick. Machim could have picked any of, any of 30, 40 simple jobs. He could have been a wagon driver. He could have been a water carrier. Right? When we talk about simple jobs in every story from the Baal we talk about a water carrier. That's like the simplest job. The guy wakes up at five in the morning and just has to do a mundane task of filling up the bucket, schlepping them up. But it's not what he says. He says they became, the Tom became a shoemaker. Now it is very interesting that we find throughout Chazal a tremendous emphasis on shoes. It's interesting because someone was just talking about this last week, that when you go to like the Holocaust, all the Holocaust memorials, a lot of them focus on the concept of shoes, both when you go to Auschwitz and Birkenau and you know, those places where you see in the museums, 
when you go to Hungary and you go to the, the, the Danube River and there's those you know, bronze shoes that are there and the people were pushed down into the river and killed by the Nazis. But there's a lot of emphasis in the concept of shoes when it comes to the Holocaust. And really, it even dates back to the Mechiris Yosef HaTzadik. The Chazal say, the Medrash says that when Yosef HaTzadik's brothers sold him, Yosef HaTzadik's brothers got Esrim Kesef, they got money. Why'd they get money? They got money in order to buy a pair of shoes. That's what it says about Yosef HaTzadik's brothers. They sold him and they took the money and they went ahead and they bought a pair of shoes. And there's a tremendous emphasis in the concept of shoes. We find in our parasha, the first time Moshe Rabbeinu has, a, has an encounter with the Rabbana Shalom, the first thing Hashem says is, take your shoes off. It's the first thing he says, the place you're standing is Admas Kaidish, take your shoes off. And the same thing happens when you come into the base of Mikdash, you take your shoes off. The concept of shoes is a tremendous, tremendous, it, it, there's a lot of secrets to the concept of shoes, but it comes up again and again. The Gemara in Shabbos, I think it's the Kuf Chavtes, says that, a person should sell the roof of his home in order to be able to buy a, buy a pair of shoes. Which means that a pair of shoes is more important than having a house. Now, it's obviously the one thing that the father left them was a house. And the Gemara is telling you, sell the house in order to buy a pair of shoes. And we'll see in a second maybe what that means. But there's a concept of shoes that are taking place. And the Pasuk even says, when the Pasuk's talking about a Shira Shirim, we're talking about, How beautiful are your steps in your shoes. Pa'amayech means your steps. The footsteps as you're going up to Yishalayim. Bina'alim. The footsteps that you're taking while you're wearing shoes. So there's a concept of shoes that's clearly taking place. And obviously when Rav Nachman chose to do to, to decide what job the Tom should do, Rav Nachman picked specifically, specifically the shoemaker. So again, it's, it's a bigger sigi. I want to talk about maybe one or two points of why specifically shoemakers and obviously how the concept of shoes is relevant to us. I just I picked it up today. I think it was I think it's 1,200 pages. And it's Purim Isis Hapi Kabbalah. So I was looking over there a little bit. but There's a lot of sadists over there. A lot of things that are above, you know, above and beyond my, uh, my pay grade. But, but there's, on a very simple, again, we're trying to learn the story between some shitas to try to understand the story in a simple way. So first of all, a shoemaker, just in terms of the job that he needs to do, there's very little investment that the shoemaker needs to put in in order to be able to start his craft. If you want to start a business, you want to start a big business, you want to open a shop, you want to do something like that, there needs to be a tremendous amount of investment that goes in. Now, investment means that automatically relying on other people because you need investors. You need people to give you money in order to be able to open the shop. And when you're putting the money in, you're buying a lot of, you're buying a lot of product and you're not sure if you're going to be able to sell the products, products or not. There's a lot of investment. There's a lot of relying on other people. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into it. A shoemaker is very simple. He takes $5 from his bank and he goes ahead and he buys a piece of leather. Again, this is before the concept of, of factories. Buys a piece of leather. He takes the piece of leather and he sews it and he sells the, and he sells the pair of shoes. And we'll see that the shoes weren't the nicest shoes, but he sells the shoes and he makes a little money. Then he takes that money and he goes ahead and he buys another pair, another pair piece of leather with shoelaces. And he goes ahead and he sells. It. There's no major. There's no major. Uh, machinery necessary. He doesn't have to buy a horse. He doesn't even have to buy buckets to be able to schlep the water. It's a very, very simple job and a job that requires nobody else. He doesn't need to rely on anybody else. And part of what the Tom, the way the Tom lives his life is with what David Melech says in Tehillim, as soon as you become like the Chacham, which the Chacham right away from the first second that he steps out of town, he's already reliant on other people because he needs to get a hitch to get to Warsaw. And right away he says, he right away finds people and he says, where are you going? And they still going to Warsaw. He says, can I come with you? And what does he do right away? He says, I'll be your Mesharis, I'll be your Evan. I'll work for you so that I can get a free hitch. Right away, from the first second that he, that he begins his journey, he's right away reliant on other people. Tom says, I don't want to be reliant on anybody. I want to be a shoemaker. I just want to be able to take a piece of leather, make it into a pair of shoes and sell it. And even later on in the story, we'll see that the wife of the Tom gets upset at the Tom why he's not making as much money as the other people. Other people are making nice, nicer shoes and they're making more money. And he says, 
It's fine. I'm making a pair of shoes. I'm selling a pair of shoes. I make money. Put bread on the table. It's a very simple transaction. I'm not relying on other people. There's no big, there's no digest. I don't have to, I can go to sleep at night and I can put my head down on the pillow and I can sleep peacefully. Because like the mission says, marba nechassim, marba daiga. The more nechassim you have, the more daiga you have. You have, a, you, have a, you have an expensive car. Now you're nervous, right? There was just a break-in in my, uh, my neighborhood last uh, two Friday nights, two Friday nights ago. Yeah, not this past Friday night, the Friday night before where a lady woke up and Middle of the night, I saw four, you know, there were four men standing in her, in her room, but they were there for one reason. They were there to steal a car. It was the only reason they were there. They didn't come to steal my Nissan Sentra, but they came to steal this guy's car. I think, had, from what I understand, they had an expensive car. And the person who says, I'm not looking to do, I'm just looking, Pasha, to be able to put bread on my table. That's the purpose of Parnassah. Parnassah is not what defines me. Parnassah is what I need to do. That's the world of the time. The Chacham, his parnasa is not just about making money to be able to provide for his family or for himself. His parnasa is about COVID. His parnasa is about getting other people to respect him. His parnasa is about making sure that he can buy the nicest things that other people like it. His parnasa is not about himself. So right away, he's bringing investors. And right away, if you take money from investors, that's a risk. And right away, you're running the risk. And right away, automatically, when you have investors, you have to impress the investors. Because right, that, that's part of what you know, part of often people you know people people will get nicer cars than they really need because they say, listen, if I'm the kind of person who's looking for investors and I want to show up to a meeting with potential investors, I have to show up in a nice car because if I show up in a Nissan Sentra, no one's going to invest in me. So I have to. So right, the whole their whole life is spent really revolved around getting other people to appreciate them so that they can get other people to invest in them. Then they have to get a nicer. Everything has to be nice in order to impress other people. The shoemaker lives the simplest life. He takes a piece of leather, he sews a pair of shoes, and he sells it. Takes another piece of leather, sews a pair of shoes, and he, and he, and he sells it. There's no reliant on other people. There's no babula. There's no shop that he has to do. Everything takes place in his house in a very, very simple way. And he lives, he lives the ultimate life. He lives a life of real peace and tranquility. But even more than that, perhaps another nakuda about, about shoes. shoes. Shoes mean that the... The concept, of, the concept of making a pair of shoes also, also means that when I make a pair of shoes, the only thing that matters when I'm making pair of, the pair of shoes is the pair of shoes that I'm making. If I'm involved in a business where there's an investment and there's an ROI and I have to figure out how much did I make this quarter, everything's the big picture. So I'm losing the ability to be able to focus on what's taking place in front of me right now. One of the big differences we'll see between the Chacham and the Tam is the Tam is able to appreciate what's taking place in front of him right now. And David Melch says and tell him, Zeh yoyim asa Hashem, negilav and this farm types, Zehayoyim, today is the day that I'm going to be happy. Why? Because today's today. Today's Wednesday, and Wednesday, I have the ability to appreciate Wednesday. If I'm involved in massive business deals, so every business deal is always reliant on something else, reliant on something else, not just other people, but there's always a much bigger picture that's taking place. And everything that I'm doing is another cog in a massive wheel, which is trying to get me money. If I'm making shoes, I can appreciate that right now, I'm making a pair of shoes. The only thing I need to focus on is a pair of shoes right in front of me. There's nothing before, there's nothing after, it's just a pair of shoes. And part of the, what, what of a pair of shoes is necessary is that if you wanna walk one step, you need a pair of shoes. I'm just focusing on the steps right in front of me. I'm not focusing on anything bigger, I'm focusing on the journey of the step right in front of me. So the thing that he makes is shoes because his goal is right here and right now. There's, no, there's nothing else. The world of the Tom, the Tom lives simplicity. That when he's sitting with somebody, the only thing he's doing is talking to that person. There's no, there's no other cheshbon, there's nothing else taking place. When he's involved in the business, there's no, it's just about the pair of shoes that he's making and he has to make this pair of shoes as nice as possible. There's nothing else that needs to take place. The Tom lives the life of being able to appreciate everything that happens right in front of me as this is the whole thing. Right? The, the Baal Shem Tov taught us that when a person is involved in an Avoida, a person has to be totally, totally present in that Avoida. That whatever Avoida I'm involved in, Ruchnis or Gashmias, that Avoida I'm fully, fully present. It's very hard to do that when you're involved in big picture things. When you're involved in something which is just a pair of shoes and there's nothing more than that, 
So all I need to do is I need to focus on just the pair of shoes in front of me. Now again, obviously most of us are not shoemakers. I don't think any of us are shoemakers, but it's not about being a shoemaker. It's about learning the secret of the Tom. The Tom understands that, okay, I can be involved in a lot of things and there's a lot of, all I need to do is focus on what's right here in front of me. I need to put the best the one stitch into another stitch into another stitch. I need to make sure that this pair of shoes in front of me is the best pair of shoes. There's nothing else that needs to take place. It's simple and I'm able to put my full focus and full energy on what's taking, plan of, what's taking place in front of me. The Chacham lives with anxiety. And part of what anxiety means is I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen. I'm afraid of the future. So I'm running away from the future because I have anxiety. But anxiety means that I'm afraid of what's going to take place. The Tom says, I, I'm not afraid of what's going to happen. All I need to focus on is what is happening right now. What is going to happen will happen when it happens. The Tom is able to live a life of happiness and the Chacham's never happy because the Chacham's always living big picture. Yeah, right now, I, but what happens if this wife, what happens when, when this kid does this? What happens when this kid? Just, just appreciate the fact that your kid's five years old and you can appreciate your kid. Stop worrying about how you're paying for the bar mitzvah and the chasana and how you're making sure that the kid, when, they, when the kid gets married, just appreciate the day in front of you. Ba means that on that, this day, today is the day that I'm able to appreciate the most. That's the level of the Tam versus the level of the Chacham. And that's why it becomes a shoemaker because even if you're a water carrier, a water carrier has clients and you have to go back to the same clients every day. So you, get, you, you bring water to the same people and you have to be able to bring the water at the right time. If you bring it late, they don't like it. When you sell shoes, it's, nothing, it's not like that. You make the pair of shoes and you sell the pair of shoes. There's no, I don't have to impress clients over and over and over again. I don't have to go to the same people. I'm not reliant on anybody. All I need to do is make sure that the thing I'm doing, the thing I'm involved in, I'm putting my full kaychas into. And that's why the Tom specifically chose the job of a shoemaker because that's the ultimate the ultimate, the ultimate job for him where he could just focus on what he needs to focus on when he does it and then he can move on to the next pair of shoes and every step, every shoe is, you know, the figurative step that he's taking, the next step in life, the next step in life, the next step in life, just with the full focus on this pair of shoes that he makes. But even maybe on a drop deeper of a level, shoes also represent, Nefesh HaChaim tells us already in Shar Aleph that shoes represent the guf is called a shoe to the neshama. That the neshama gets placed in the low, the neshama really comes from the highest, highest places. He's talking about the, over there, but who's higher, malachim or humans. He says that the neshama of a yid really is sourced at the highest, highest place. The lowest part of the neshama gets placed inside of the guf, which means our neshama is connected all the way to the highest alamis, but there's like a string. He says, Yaakov Chavan there's a string that goes all the way from the top, all the way down to the neshama that's inside of the guf. So the guf becomes like the shoe for the lowest part of the neshama. The same way the shoe has, puts the foot into the, in, in the, lowest, part of the lowest part of the body, gets placed inside of the shoe. The guf, the body, the human body, is the same thing to the neshama. And memela, this is the difference between the chacham and the tam. The tam, when it comes to ruchnius, the tam understands that, yes, part of my job is to be involved in this physical world. That what I have to do is I have to be involved in things that are, that are mundane, things that are simple. That when I get married, I have to take out the garbage from my wife. And it's, and it's not fancy. It's not, it's not a whole story. And it's not something beautiful. And it's not grand. And it's not, but this is part of what it means to be, to be a human. And part of being a human is that I have to eat and I have to sleep. And I have to be involved in regular, mundane, everyday avoidance, which are the shoe. It's the lowest part. It's the lowest, lowest part. It's the na'olim. It's the shoe. The shoe represents the Indian of Malchus, the legs represent the Indian of Malchus, which is the lowest part. And the shoe represents the ability to be able to say that what I need to be involved in may not look fancy and it may not look grand and it may not look, be something that anyone's ever gonna tell over to anybody else and they're not gonna write a book about, but it's something that I need to be involved in because this is what Avodah Hashem looks like. The Chacham doesn't look for Avodah Hashem like that. The Chacham says, I don't wanna be involved in things like this. You know what I wanna be involved in? I wanna be involved in only the greatest, greatest things. I wanna be involved in, in deep secrets of Kabbalah. I wanna be involved in big things. Pasha, to put in a pair of tzitzis, Let's put in tefillin. 
That's not doing it for me. I want, I want something big. I want something grand. I don't want a pair of shoes. Shoes represent the lowest, lowest madrega. Shoes represent the yichud that takes place between kuchibrichu shchinte, the yichud between shemayim and aretz. The, the, the chacham says, I want nothing to do with that. I want to live a life, even spiritually, which is only at the top. I want to be all the way, all the way at the top. I don't want to be involved in anything that seems mundane. And the Tom understands that part of what it means to be a real Ever Hashem is that you have to be involved in mundane things, but you can do it in a way that it's spiritual. And that's why the, 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 the Chazal say about Chanoich, Chanoich, the beginning of the beginning of Sefer Bereish says, Chanoich was, was also, he was a shoemaker, and every stitch that he stitched in the shoes, he was miyached yichudim. Which means he was miyached yichudim, that's what Chazal says, miyached yichudim with every stitch that he stitched in the shoes. Which, again, there's obviously a lot, a lot of, a lot of, you know, Kabbalah, there's a lot of oimik to what that means. But on a very simple level, the way this farm explained it, it means that he understood that if this is my job, this is what I need to do in order to be in Kompranas of my family, this is what I need to do in order to be able to, you know, get through today. So then this is the most important thing in the world. The Chacham, the Tom understands that what I'm involved in may seem mundane, it may seem earthly, and it may seem very physical, but if I can do it in a way that's bringing the Rabbanisham into it, then that itself adds value to it. And that itself makes it, it's the most important thing in the world. The Chacham doesn't live that life. The Chacham only wants things that are fancy. And you see this in Avodah Hashem, there are people that, they're not happy with anything simple. Anything that's simple, anything that looks too basic, they don't want it. They only want grand things, they only want big things. It's give me something flashy, something exciting. Some, and the, the Tom says, day in, day out, I'm gonna serve Hashem. I might not be fancy, I might not have the greatest asagas, I might not be the most you know, earth-shattering chedushim, but this is what I need to do. Today I'm gonna to learn, tomorrow I'm gonna to learn, I'm gonna daven shachras like a mensch, going through it, reading it, reading through it, piece by piece by piece, in a simple way, without anything grand. I was just, I'm reading now the book about Rabnata Greenblatt, a fascinating person, one of the most fascinating per- people that lived in our generation. Rabnata Greenblatt, when he moved to, uh, when he moved to um, Memphis. Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, he moved there, he never had a position, he was never a rav, he was never, he was never, uh, he never had any, any real position. When he moved to Memphis, he moved there to become a chazan in a shul, and he moved there to work in the Talmud Torah, which the Talmud Torah in those years were kids that went to public school, they would learn in Talmud Torah, it was like a Sunday school type of thing where they would learn after public school. So he went to work in the Talmud Torah and to, uh, and to uh, become a chazan in a shul. Now he was, he was close to the Baron Cutler, he was very close to the Talmud Movik or Moshe Feinstein, he was very close to the Briskarov, he was, he was a world-class Talmud Chacham. He went over there for a simple job, and when he began, one of the things he began, right when he came there, this is what he became you know, known in Memphis for, uh, among, amongst many other things over the, over the years, one of the things he started, he started a cheder, which means he started a full Jewish day school, that it shouldn't just be that the kids go to public school and they come to Talmud Torah after, he started a full day school. When he started the day school, he began the day school on his own. He put it, he, one of the things he said is that there's no tuition. Because he said, if I want to compete with the public schools, I can't compete with the public schools if I'm going to charge and they're not going to charge. So no tuition. So he raised all the money himself. Every kid, every kid was there for free. But he needed a Rebbe. So he became the Rebbe of the, of the primary kids. And he was teaching the kids Aleph base. Now here you have a Talmud of Ramosha Feinstein, a Talmud of the, a very close person, the Briskarov, close to Baron Cutler. I think he used to hear Shim from Baron in Yerushalmi. Somebody who's a world-class Talmud Chacham, massive Talmud Chacham. Like they say, Maisa, it's born in the book. There, Yitzhak Kuntner, one time, Yitzhak Kuntner used to call Ramosha Feinstein, whatever different Gedalim used to call Ramosha Feinstein. And Ramosha Greenblatt used to be sort of like the secretary at points where he would pick up the phone for Ramosha. It was in Ramosha's house. He'd pick up the phone and he would, you know, see if he can answer the shell. And if not, he would give it over to Ramosha. He would sort of act as the middleman in between. Ramosha one time called and Ramosha asked, you know, can he speak to Ramosha Feinstein? So he said, you know, he's not available right now. You know, try me. Maybe I can help you with him. Maybe I can help you with what you need. So, you know, Yitzhak Kutner was, you know, going to go in and told him what, he, what his issue was. And they spent two hours talking on the phone and learning. And the next day, the next day, Yitzhak Kutner called back and Ramosha picked up the phone. 
So he said, yes. He said, he said where's Green Bay? He said, I don't want to talk to Green Bay. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to Green Bay. He said, which means he was a person who was a massive, massive, massive Tamachal. He was Masada Gittin. He was a massive person. He went all over the world, Gittin, Erevin, McVoice, everything. What, what he, what, when he went down to Memphis, he went down and he began teaching Olive Base. Now, it's not fancy. He don't look like a fancy person. It's not fancy and it's, no one's got, I don't think he ever knew that Arts was going to write a book about him. That wasn't his intention at all. He's one of the most secretive people. But he lived a lot. He lived a life where, again, he was a Chacham, but at the same time, he was a Tam. At the same time, it was so simple. And he understood that this is my Avoidah. My Avoidah right now is to teach kids Aleph Beis. The Baal Shem Tev did the same thing. The Baal Shem Tev, before he revealed himself, as the Baal Shem Tev was a Malama Tanaikis, he taught kids Aleph Beis. Now, it's not fancy. And there's nothing very chashav about it. And you're not going to get written up in the, in the papers about the sheer Klali that you gave. But the Baal Shem Tev and Amrath the Greenblatt and big people understand that you can be the Tam, that you can make shoes and it's not fancy and it's, it, it's something which looks very, very simple and you're taking... The, you know, the animal, animal skin, which that's what the Baltani explains, that mayafu pamayach ben Allah means that you take animal skin and you're able to be able to utilize it in a way that you're able to elevate it. You're able to take the animalistic parts of yourself, the animalistic parts of the world, and you're able to elevate it. And it's not fancy and it's not chashav, but if that's what the Rabbanishim wants from me right now, that's what I'm going to do. And the Tchacham can't live a life like that. The Tchacham, it bothers him too much because everything he wants to do needs to be that other people are going to respect me. It needs to be, what are people going to say about me after 100, 120 you know, what are they going to write in the book about me? The Chacham lives a life where everything, both in Gashmias and even in Ruchnias, everything's about other people. The Tom says, I can live a life of Tamimus. Right now, after Davin Chakras, I'm going to Davin Chakras. It's not fancy. It's not going to, I'm not going to look like the biggest, the longest man in the shul. No one's, going to, no one's going to point at me and say, this guy Davin's amazing. I'm just going to be a regular guy who needs to Davin Chakras because Hashem told me to Davin Chakras. I'm going to open up the Siddur and I'm going to Davin Chakras. And now I need to do Chesed. I'm going to do Chesed. Put on Tefillin. I'm going to put on Tefillin. Everything's with the simplicity, but it's the deepest type of simplicity because simplicity where he knows that this is what I need to do. I don't need to look for anything fancy. It's like this in, in relationships as well. You know, people often look for something, they're looking for something in a relationship, you know, when they're already in the relationship, but we only want to do big grand things, but the simple everyday mundane tasks, nobody wants to do that. That's not, that's not fancy. We'll do, you know, we'll, we'll go on an anniversary trip, and we'll go on a 10 year trip, and we'll do this massive, it, it, things that are exciting, things that are big, things that are grand, everybody enjoys doing. That's the Chacham. The Chacham says, I want to do big, you know, fancy things. But to do something that's simple, Pasha, to do a basic task, to make sure that I pick up the kids, to make sure I take out the garbage, to make sure I clean up after myself, I don't want to be involved in that. That's mundane. That's for simple people. That's not, you know who I am. I'm somebody who, who I'll do big things. I'll do big, but not the simple things. The Chacham, the Chacham can't do the small things because he doesn't appreciate the va- and value the small things. The Tom says, I'm going to be a shoemaker. It's not fancy. It's not big. I'm taking, uh, you know, cow- I'm taking skin taken from an animal and I'm working it in order to make it into a pair of shoes which somebody's going to use to step on. It's going to be caked in mud in a few weeks. But this is what this is what I need to do. This is simple. It's not fancy, but it's going to bring bread to the table. It's going to make sure that I have everything I need. That's the world of the time. And again, this, this ability to be able to live, to be able to live in a way where a person says, I'm just doing what I need to be doing without anything fancy, that's the ultimate goal of what it means to be an Eivir Hashem. And that's why this world of, of Basna Div is a reference to Avram Avinu, the world of Avram Avinu who spent his days not giving shirim. Avram Avinu spent his days giving, spent his days giving food to people. He had a tent and he gave food to people. Food and food and food. And that was his whole, he spent his whole day. Avram Avinu could have sat and learned by himself in the Bismajrist his whole life. He could have known all the secrets of Kabbalah and done every. Avram Avinu said, this is my avoidah. Is it fancy? No, but this is what I need to do. I need to spend time giving food out to people. It's like, again, another, another guy to be able to be my man in the Rabbani Shalom. That was his, that's his avoidah. That's the avoidah of every year. To push it, to say, my feet that are in shoes, just a simple, 
life that I'm living is important. It's my yafu pamayach, the footsteps that we, that we walk, the, the way that we go about our life to recognize that that's beautiful. So the Rabbanisham, that's beautiful. The Rabbanisham doesn't need anything fancy. We shouldn't need anything fancy just to live a life of simplicity. And again, this is the world of, of, the, of the Tam, the, the person who lives in a very, very simple way, the person who lives in a way which he's just simple, and he's doing what he needs to be doing without relying on anybody else, without relying on the moment in front of him, the moment before him, just relying on the moment that's right there. That's the ultimate goal of what the, of what the, what the Tam does. Now let's just see maybe a little bit what the Chacham does. The Chacham says, me, I'm going to become a shoemaker. It's not for me. I'm so much smarter than becoming a shoemaker. I'm so much better than that. It's below my, beneath my dignity to be somebody who's involved in, in, in making shoes. He said he was a yeshivadaitai. Now, normally, yeshivadas is the greatest gift a person can have. Normally, yeshivadas is the greatest thing you can do. Here is corrupting the concept of yeshivadas. Here is taking yeshivadas and he's not using it in a good way. As opposed to yeshivadas being the, being the secret to being able to have real tranquility, to be able to say that I'm good where I am, he uses yeshivadas to go somewhere else, to run out of the place that he's in. And this farm explained the. the, 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 the Mepharshim on, on, on Sipurim Isis, they explain that we find the concept of Ashrei Yoshve Vesecha, which that's the ultimate of Yishev Adas. Ashrei Yoshve Vesecha. Yoshev Vesecha means I'm sitting in the Rabbanu Shalom's house. Right? I mentioned Mishal Shuddas this week, that the concept of even in Allah, we find that when a person walks through a shul, a person is not supposed to make a shul into a shortcut. And a person should make sure that they say a pasuk when they walk through a shul, they should learn something when they walk through a shul. The Mechaber Paskins, that if a person walks through a shul and he doesn't know how to learn, he's not capable of learning, all he needs to do is sit down in the shul and sit for a moment. Why? Because that's Ashrei Yeshev Vesecha. Just sitting in the shul is already Chashev. Now again, you need a lot of Tumimus to believe in that. If, you, if you're the Chacham, the Chacham says sitting in the shul is Chashev. It's not Chashev to sit in a shul. What's so Chashev about sitting inside of a shul? There's nothing, there's nothing great about that. I know there's a Yid who comes here sometimes. He told me he comes here. He's like, I don't daven here. I don't learn here. I don't do anything. I come. He drives all the way from wherever he lives. He drives here. He comes here. And he sits down in the shul for a few minutes. And then he leaves. Why? Because he understands. Ashri Yeshavisecha. It's Tumimus Amshitas. Now, if anybody else would, what do you, what do, you do in Mordish Tebal today? I sat in the shul. Did you learn anything? No. Did he daven? No. Did he make a bracha? No. So what did you do? I sat in the shul. That's not Chashev. The Tam understands it. That's Chashev. Because the Tam lives the life of Ashrei Yoishvei Vesecha. They're just sitting and just being tranquil. Just, just being, having tranquility. Just living the life of Yishev Adas. That's Chashev. Just being able to sit is Chashev. The, the Chacham has Yishev Adas. But it's a bad type of Yishev Adas. It's a type of Yishev Adas which is also the passing in Tehillim and Kufiyot Tess begins Ashrei Tumimei Derech. Begins Ashrei the Tumimei Derech. Those that are Tumim and they end up on the derech, they end up on the path, which is what the Chacham is going to end up doing. He's going to end up traveling out of the town. Ashrei to me, me derech. And how does the Pasuk, how does that capital end off? It goes obviously through all of Olive Bays. The, the capital ends off in, 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 in Ois Taf. It ends off to Isi Kaseh Oyved, Bakesh Avdecha, Kimisesech Aleishachachti. To Isi Kaseh Oyved. Rabbanisham, help me because I'm lost like a sheep wandering on the road. That it began with Ashrei, the same word of Ashrei Yeshvevisecha. And the second word is Tmime. The person who has Tmimus, Ashrei Tmime, but the third word is what really throws him off. That even though he has Yishevadas and even though everything should be good, but right away we'll see that the Chacham says, I want to go on the Derech. I'm not happy where I am. Because again, the Tom says, I'm happy wherever I am. Wherever I find myself in the world is the greatest place to be. This is where I am. Like they say from one of the Chabad Mashpiyim, that in general, when people try to talk about the concept of, 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 um, the, of, Olam Shana and Nefesh, which is what the Sefer Yitzira defines as everything, everything is represented in three different dimensions. So the classic example given is that 
the, the highest level of Kedusha in terms of Olam, in terms of the world, is the Kedusha Kedashim. The highest level of Kedusha in terms of days, in terms of Shana, the highest day of the year is Yom Kippur. And the highest person is going to be the Kain Gadol. And therefore, the Kain Gadol entering into the Kedusha Kedashim on Yom Kippur is the greatest Yichar of Olam Shana Nefesh. That's the highest three dimensions of place, of time, and of a person coming together. That's the Kain Gadol on Yom Kippur coming into the Kedusha Kedashim. I heard from one of the Chabad Mashbim one time. He said, it's not the real truth. You know what the holiest place in the world is? The holiest place in the world is the place that you are. And the holiest moment in the year is the moment that you're in right now. And the holiest person is the person that you are right now. That's the ultimate level of Kedusha. And that's the level of the Tam. The Chacham says, yeah, when I get to the Kedusha HaKadashim, that's Chashev. When I become the Kain Gadol, that's Chashev. When it's Yom Kippur, that's Chashev. And the Tam says, right now, the moment in front of me, the person I am, the place I am, is the most important thing in the world. That's the most Chashev thing. So the Tam also begins Ashrei. Like Ashri Yeshiv Esecha, to me, me, he's a Tam, but then he goes Baderech. Then he ends up on the path and he ends off that whole capital. All the, at the end of Kufyutes, the longest capital, it ends off to Isi Kase Oyved. I'm wandering like a lost sheep because I went on the path and I ran away from the place that I was in. I wasn't happy where I was. I wasn't happy with the person that I was. I wasn't happy with the time that I found myself in. And I was running away because I was trying to get to somewhere else. Right? I'm running away from somewhere else. Right? We just, uh, we just went, went on a CEO the other day. So you know, one, of the, one of the Siddiquim that we were by told us, he said, you know, there's a concept of running away from and running towards. He said a Yid should always be running towards somewhere. He should always be in a Siyah towards somewhere. If running away from things, that's the issue. The Chacham's not running towards anywhere. He doesn't even know where he's going. He's going to head to the Shuk and he's going to try to find the hitch to anywhere. He doesn't know where he's going. He's just running away. When a person's running away from where they are, from who they are, from the moment they're in, from the place they're in, that's the world of the Chacham. Something's going to get better somewhere else. It's not. Right here, where you are, the matzav that you're in is the greatest place that you're in. And the Tam understands that. The Tam remains in, this, in the village the whole time. At least the beginning of the story remains in the village. The Chacham is the one who says, I don't want this. This is not, this is not good enough for me. The village is not good enough for me. The people are too simple. Being a shoemaker is too simple. I want something bigger. And therefore, V'yashe Badaiti is Yishev but the kind of Yishev which destroys him, She'yelech Ba'olam. He wants to go in the world, V'yestakel Ma'alasais. And he has to see what's, what's going to be done. Now, there's, there's Parnassa in his town. He could stay in his town, he could make Parnassa. Yeah, but maybe there's something better somewhere else. He always, he's always living with that anxiety of maybe something's going to be better. If I only I would have done this, or if only I will do this, then something's going to get better. And therefore, right away it says, He's walking around the marketplace. He ends up seeing a, ends up seeing a, a wagon with, with horses. And he ends up, we'll see next week, he ends up going to Warsaw, to the big city of Warsaw, but we'll see. When he gets to Warsaw, he's not going to be happy. Every place he gets to, he's always going to be miserable. Because every place that I'm in is only nice compared to the place that I was in previously. But maybe the next place is going to be nicer than the place I'm in. So the Chacham is never, ever happy. Because he always lives with that allure that maybe, maybe the next thing is going to be better than whatever I have. Maybe I'm going to get more covenant, more money. And, so he's never, ever happy. So the first place he's going to go, the first thing that he does is he leaves his town, he leaves his village. And that's the worst thing that he does is the fact that he's already getting out of his place at Kedusha. He's going to the Shuk. From the shock, it's just going to go downhill from there. The rest of the story is just going to go, it's going to Warsaw, and then it's going to get job after job after job. Never going to be happy, never going to, never going to appreciate life. And uh, as opposed to the Tom who says, and he's a simple shoemaker, but he's a shoemaker who's happy. Right? The many tzaddikim were shoemakers. Be'echel Anasando is a shoemaker, the famous shoemaker, Makobal and Yisrael in Tel Aviv. Many, many shoemakers. But these, these people were simple people, but also the deepest people. It's the secret of knowing how to be the Tom. Knowing how, to be, knowing how to have the simplicity of appreciating the moment, that's the world of the Tom. And again, Mr. Shem will continue next week with what happens with the Chacham when he hits for the Shuk.